0: Aleda is the, an international SEO consultant and founder of Oriente and the host of Crawling Monday podcast. Guy Atano is a, a growth advisor for many software companies, including Cognizum, Alice, and DataGrill. Kevin is a strategic growth advisor, creator of the Growth Memo newsletter, and host of TechBound and Contrarian Marketing podcasts. Marie runs Marie Haynes Consulting and is the host of the Search News You Can Use podcast, Mike is the founder and CEO of iPoolRank, a digital marketing agency trusted by the Fortune 500. And Bernard is the co-founder of ClearScope. Um, Awesome. So to kick it off, who wants to define what search generative experience is?
1: We're all going to jump in. I don't know that any of us are experts on the SGE. You know, we're we're all sitting here talking about this thing that we've kind of beta tested. But the SGE, as far as I understand it, is um, Google showing AI-generated answers uh, first in search for many queries, not all queries. Um, and I, I'm not fully convinced that what we're seeing today is what we're actually gonna see in production. So, you know, we'll have a lot of theory probably in this talk. Um, but that's my understanding is what we're seeing right now is kind of an AI generated answer. Although really it's just kind of stitched together from different websites. And, uh, and then they show us some websites next to that.
2: I agree with Mary that what we're seeing here is like the attempt of Google to try to come up with something to compete with ChatGPT that like was first, was released first. Uh, I guess that they felt a little bit like in a position uh, that uh, to be menace uh, pretty much as the a uh, destination to search for information, and they had to come up with something that had to be integrated with the current search experience to avoid, let's say, disrupting uh, the usage of what they already have. Uh, but at the same time, their attempt, I would say, it has make, made it not necessarily as useful or as good even as the Bing chatbot, right? But, but yes, I will say the, their attempt to, of, of integration of this uh, chatbot-like experience within their current interface, uh, to yeah, to to stay to stay in the in the in the competition as a search destination.
3: Yeah, I agree with everything that's said here. Like one, we don't know exactly what it's going to be. It's also uh, you know something really early, but what we're seeing is basically like a <laughs> an alpha product just to appease the market. It's not even. Like like a lady just said, it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have parity with the other things that are out there. Um, but you know, it it isn't like a, a just a direct knee jerk reaction. Google was building this stuff in the background for a while. They have this thing called Realm, which is is basically um, uh, I forget what it stands for, but it's their version of what's called retrieval augmented generation, and they've had it since I believe 2021, 2020. and it's the same. Uh, framework that's being used for both BARD and for SGE and basically what it is is like you feed results into a a language model effectively pre-tuning it and then use that to get answers and so you've got the AI snapshot which is them being like okay here's your answer to this thing like a feature snippet on steroids and then you've got perspectives and you know all that sort of stuff but to me it's a colossal waste of time. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the un- Unnecessary feature snippets on Asteroid when they are already featured snippets many times, even below, it right? So yeah, so,
3: so they spent a lot of money to regenerate the featured snippet in some cases. It's, it's ridiculous. But those are going to go away.
4: I don't think featured snippets are going to be there for much and, longer. And the map also, packs.
2: The map, map packs. Yeah,
4: map packs. Like, that's basically a replication of the local pack, what they show in SGE. Similar even to e-commerce, right? Like a lot of these e-commerce queries or the results that you see, they're replicated in these organic shopping results uh, at the bottom. So there's a lot of duplication going on right now um, that I don't think will happen when Google rolls this thing out in December. Let's see if they even roll it out.
2: What, what I do really expect that they actually fix, even even before I'll say that, are links, citations. I mean, how Have the been. hell <laughs> they didn't think of adding over, overlay. I mean, uh, the big chatbot, was already doing even something better ui wise right integrating the overlay with links external links in a much more let's let's say like um, usable way for not not even for a website but also for from a user standpoint right but that carousel at the top right like who will click on that is yeah anyway so bad
1: I have a theory as to why Google's not showing um, links to websites in the answer because they're clearly using the information like you can see it's it's verbatim that they've taken it from websites and uh, very much like a featured snippet, except that uh, they're not saying which parts come from which websites. Um, My thought, although we don't know this for sure, is that when we actually see something like the SGE live those answers aren't going to be um, stitched together from websites, they're actually going to be generated with AI. Um, And initially, until today, I thought it was uh, that they were going to use Bard. I mean, Bard seems to me that it was built to be in search. Uh, It's going to connect with um, with Lens, uh, with, you know, Google Docs, Google Drive, all those things. But um, when if we see BARD in search, uh, that's a, a different thing than the answers that the SGE are currently providing, which would um, not be directly from websites. They're trained on the uh, entirety of the internet, but not directly verbatim from websites. And today, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the article in Wired, um, where Dennis Hassabis was talking about uh, the new Gemini language model. When I read this, it, it kind of, I was like, you know what, we're going to talk to about the SGE today, but I think the Gemini will eclipse everything that uh, we currently know in search. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, you know, kind of talking crazy talk when you start thinking about uh, everything absolutely changing, but I'd love to hear if any of you guys have thoughts on uh, on that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see dramatic change and and just thinking about, well, you know, you've been talking about this a lot as well yourself, but, you know, just the things we've seen in the last seven, eight months have been such a change for everything, right? Like for, for the preceding five to six years, search was really boring. And now it's just like everything is different, right? And I think what Google is trying to figure out is what is the right UX for this? And to your point on language models, I mean, yeah. Sure. The, the language models will be more powerful. They'll be multimodal by design, so on and so forth, which is great. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to how will users consume this? And I think the the real question is, you know, how, how are ads going to perform in this environment? And we've seen, obviously, they've rolled it out to some degree. And there's a lot of companies that are in the beta and so on and so forth. But if that doesn't pick up or if that doesn't take in a way that is you know, just as good, if not better than what we've already got, I think SGE just kind of remains, even with Gemini, it just remains this like novelty that Google has to have because Bing has it. And again, a direct reaction to what the market is doing, not necessarily, is this the best product?
2: Well, 100%, a- like they, they have the capacity, I believe, to do something much better. But I mean, they are too scared to kill their milking cow on one hand, and then also alienate the web ecosystem out there which is already happening anyway but but yes that how not to kill the app business and milking cow, and and that's pretty much the restriction they have i mean they they should ask apple i mean they have they are doing an amazing work already with the vision pro like the next thing interface to you know browse and interact with like and as they did with ipod versus iphone right like they 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 have been like quite successful like killing the previous product the, the previous version or 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 interface before. so this is what should happen with Google They need to sort out how to change uh, delete the next paradigm of search and killing let's say a little bit of the former business model that they used to have uh, while evolving a new a, a new one uh, that will can be even more profitable right but I guess that they are not quite yet there
4: but i think that's really part of the problem right it's and this is i don't think being necessarily was the only reason for why google adopted this model i think one big reason is because I saw that ai is getting so good that so many other companies can create a ton of content which really dilutes content as a ranking factor uh, and i think that's a that's also in part leading search to just a different user interface than the than the kind of ranked results that we have today, right? It's really getting more broadly towards getting an actual answer to your question. And I think Google, I think people at Google have seen that and are seeing that right now. And that's in part for why they say we we're probably cutting into our own leg, but what other option do we have? Right? We're not going to be Yahoo, where we manually curate results and then somebody else comes around and gives the answer right away. So uh, I, th- I I do agree with all of you that this is a tectonic shift, that the user interface interface for search changes, and that Google has no other option but to uh, concur. Right? They they invent a lot of this technology, and uh, they they always say, "Oh, we have this, we already had this," and we bring out so much better stuff. But it was not Google, and it was not Bing. It was none of the search engines who redefined the new interface for for kind of this this uh, maybe centuries a bit much, but for this decade. So yeah, I think, uh, I think there's many reasons for Google try for why they try to do that. And, uh, I'm convinced that they will find a way to display ads and maybe even make more ad revenue than they currently make.
3: Yeah, I think it's possible. I just think it comes down to, can they figure it out? And, you know, I don't, I don't take for granted, or I don't take it face value that Google can at this point, like they've, they've messed up a lot of things in the last couple of years, you know, um, but to your point on, you know, the new interface, it really begs the question, is chat the best interface for information needs? And I'm not completely sold on that. You know, I, I do spend a lot of time, and you know, it's me speaking as me, like I'm not speaking for the general user, but I do spend a lot of time with like both Google and ChatGPT open, but I spend more time on Google because it's like, even if I get something out of chat GPT, and even if you're using ARPRM to get it, Um, I, you know, you still got to verify that information to make sure that it makes sense. And so to that end, I don't really trust chat. And I know a lot of users do because like, oh, it's a computer. It must be right. Like we anthropomorphize it to some degree, but I don't believe that chat is the best way for us to meet our information needs.
2: And, and, and there is where I believe that new perspectives, uh, filter comes in and, let's say, user-curated or or creator-driven content comes in that I think that goal is trying to blend it little by little with just a filter, just a tap, an extra uh, option, not even as visible in the main SERPs. Uh, But I believe it's it's there, right? And all of this push of real, authoritative, expert content um, that they have been talking about now that, we have this pretty much the massification of it that is AI generated, right? So so I believe that it, it it goes that way. And I totally believe regarding uh the lack of trust that uh the the AI generated content or, or chatbot answers can have because I even what typical user experience that I tend to have with Google, not even that chatbot like, I will go many, many times when it's uh, a non-trivial decision-making process, go and take a double look at dimensions and, and, uh, and uh, visibility and profiles in Instagram or TikTok or social media presence to learn more about what users actually or real people actually think about the brand or location or whatever right so 100% it makes sense to integrate that nowadays especially with all of this conversations about how generation z is using tiktok right to to search for information because it comes from real people supposedly uh, so there there's there's goes that right but i think that the critical thing here is how you overlay that in a way that actually makes sense and make money for google too
5: yeah i'm not i'm not convinced that the the current model of sge is the way that is the right way to consume this. It's like, I can imagine, you know, there's, there's all the voice assistants, but, and those make a lot of sense to be like, hey, you know, what what is the highest mountain in the world? Or, you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, those have already been answering that. It almost feels like, you know, I wanna go to like my AI assistant and ask my AI assistant, hey, you know, do this. What's the answer to that? You know, help me write this Excel script And then search kind of feels like a a completely different medium where, you know, I want to look at all these trustworthy sources. And it does feel like it doesn't quite belong in the search interface. And I commonly find that just the amount of time that it spends generating, you know, I've already moved off of the SERP into, you know, position one or two, right?
3: that part and i think that's a big part of this this sge thing i know they they've sped it up in the last um you know month or so but uh, i i did a bunch of scraping cuz that's what i do and <laughs> i've scraped like thousands of sge results and it was taking as many as like 21 seconds to generate a result and a user is not going to wait that long even if it's you know 10 seconds or 5 seconds they're going to go to the reg- regular cert and click something rather than waiting for that result. So until they make it faster, until they cache it more, whatever it's gonna be to get to the point of having um, those show up like immediately, it's not realistic that a user's gonna wait for it. And then the ones that do wait for it and they're like, okay, this isn't that good. They're just gonna go to the regular results anyway. But I think the bigger problem that we haven't really touched on yet, or to some degree we have, um, this idea of what it's going to do to publishers, and especially publishers that are in the um affiliate space, you know, the wire cutters of the world that are like, here's my reviews on all these different things, and you know, I no longer have to go read that article, I can go directly to that product. And so, in my example, I, I look for something like, you know, what's the best microphone to record in an apartment in New York City? And it gave me very specific results. And I'm like, Oh, cool, I can just read this, and I don't have to like go you know, read three different blog posts and figure it out, that is going to have a bigger impact on the internet than any of this, I believe, because that's like the core monetization strategy for so many different publishers.
6: RIP list posts. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I was just gonna say RIP list posts, you know, like, even even doing in-house B2B SaaS, content marketing, you know, they all want to rank for modifiers containing tools, software, solution, platform, system. Very, very rare that you have a SERP these days that is not, you know, stacked with G2. What up, Kevin? Um, <laughs> all the programmatically generated comparison and list pages. And so you to play that game, you have to do list content. But I agree to Mike's point, you know, it's it's going to be a big shakeup for those affiliate players, you um, you know, I hate, I hate to say it, but like, I would love to see sites like PC mag take a dive. You know, I, I hate those guys. Right. Like, right. Like me being as an in-house SAS SEO, I've had to pay the middleman as part of my playbook. Right. And, you know, who knows how that's going to shake things up. And I'm just really curious to see how it all plays out. But I mean, I agree with you guys that it's going to be a, a huge bomb on, on those, uh, on those sites.
5: On you know, the because-
2: middleman, 100%. But not only the middleman, in fact, I have to say. Because, yes, indeed, we, we can see like the ones that will like, not necessarily going to have another option uh, to move forward. Uh, pretty much rely on those best-of type of, of queries. Uh, are the review sites, um, which pretty much the business was affiliates. But also, if you think about it, a lot of PLPs of e-commerce websites are pretty much going to lose, lose their traffic because the PLP experience is being replicated in the, in the SGE interface uh, that is highlighting directly product uh, pages, product URLs. And coincidentally, uh, many of these product URLs, especially for branded queries, Nike sneakers, for example. Uh, if you see the top organic search results right now for Nike sneakers, will be the category page of Nike, uh, a couple of other sub uh, sub. sub PLPs of, of Nikes or whatever, and then um, uh, merchants uh, offering the same products, whatever, Nike products, whatever. Now, if you take a look at how it is going to affect the SGE, pretty much this PLP experience highlighting products is is right there. Goodbye traffic to PLP. Um, you click on the product pages, and it doesn't even gener- refer, refer to the Nike website directly, but to the product knowledge panel. Uh, and and from there to those pages are actually making a good use of the Merchant Center and feed and structured data optimization, whatever. So welcome to the jungle here, not only for uh, affiliates, indeed, but just yes, for many merchants and e-commerce websites, especially the very authoritative, ha- highly established brands that a lot of these branded queries like assume. Going to them by default, not anymore. It's opening up to many other competitors doing a like really good job at a much more granular button of the funnel type of um, uh, actions out there.
4: Google is building a marketplace for e-commerce anyway. They're sure. already offering direct connection to checkout for merchants. So that whole affiliate thing is, again, like this middleman situation. Yeah. It's going to go away anyway because Google is basically becoming a second Amazon we're uh, try, trying to fight against Amazon. So, but, but I think the, the kind of core message here, or there are probably two core messages here from what we talked about so far. One is that um, the ecosystem is changing like as crazy as ever, right? This is probably the biggest change to many of these ecosystems, whether it's publishing or e-commerce or local search ever. Number two, when we talk about content or SEO, one of the, one of the deep questions that we are all trying to figure out is what is the human contribution to content? Right, what are humans actually doing that machines cannot yet replicate? Because a lot of these AI tools, and remember, this is only a bit over six months until the like you know, chat GPT breakthrough in November. A lot of these tools are getting really, really good. And even though they still need to be oversight, they're not yet, you know, you can't just let them do the thing and publish the content code in many cases. We can all see where the journey is going. Right. And I would argue in the next 12 months, when we speak again. Uh, a lot of us are probably just going to publish content with AI tools that needs tiny oversight that we can 10x the output of good writers. So then the question becomes like, what are humans actually doing that is still unique? And how can we find our unique skills and and double down on them instead of being replaced by some AI?
3: Well, I think it's more more, um, sophisticated than that to some degree. And what I mean by that is, what a tool like SGE does is introduces context windows into search and effectively what you're doing is you're creating these very personalized paths because when it's like, here's your first question that you input and then it's like, well, follow-up questions are this, it can learn from what the results were in the free previous one and do this like very micro personalization for you. And so what that's really gonna yield is this idea that we have to make even more personal content. So if it's, if you start from a keyword, like uh, a latest say, you know, Nike, Nike sneakers, and then a follow-up question is like, well, what's Nike sneakers to wear for the New York marathon? And then it's like, okay, it's learned about you that that is your context. And so it's not just enough to like have, you know, um, a page about Nike sneakers in general, like we generally do, and then a page about what sneakers for a marathon, you've got to have that whole path so that you end up appearing in that that pre-tuning set that's used for you know generating that next result. And so where we come in is is doing that. Like how do we understand the nuances of the specific audiences that do those specific journeys? Whereas before we were just so focused on keywords and not so focused on audience. It really just like turns up the dial on that. Yeah, I
5: Couldn't think that's a more. good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think i i see it more and more i say it more and more content strategy is becoming more and more the way to think about seo and if i'm thinking about what's going on in the google ecosystem i i keep i keep thinking about the manual search evaluator component right that's essentially the component where google employs thousands of, of people to swipe right and swipe left on what looks like a good positive user experience and the the most revised version with the extra e or experience added to the the pdf it means that people are looking at things where it it clearly demonstrates that like somebody has experienced this in their experience you know this is what happened and it demonstrates that and you're we're seeing you know a lot of manual evaluators swipe right and say yes right that's that's a good experience so I think that we're gonna see that shift play in and so yeah I mean us as SEO content creators we can still leverage AI and I think that will make us more efficient but then ultimately right it's back to Mike's point well what is the what is the user journey and what is the content strategy that you know we're architecting because simply you know what are the best shoes for running aren't necessarily exactly the right like frame to put it it's like you know i tried seven marathon shoes across you know these different marathons and you know here's how each of these performed and the mm-hmm. manual search evaluators are are saying yes you know like those look good and so we're going to see i think large influxes of that which then makes purely ai content generated content without human assistant, I think in its current form, just lackluster in performance.
1: I think it's a really interesting point about experience. We saw just this week, Google released the perspectives filter. So that's uh, when you do a search on mobile, you can tap on one of those little bubbles that you know it used to just say news, images, whatever. And now Google's figuring out like some of those are topics that are really related to your search. And one of those is perspectives, which um, what from what I've seen so far, it's showing uh, information from YouTube, from Quora, uh, user-generated stuff. Um, but that's not the only part that Google announced, and we haven't yet seen. Uh, they said that they're going to be doing an update to the helpful content system, which will uh, uh, reward content with experience in search as well, not just for those who tap on that particular filter. Um, And I really think that uh, for all of the faults that AI has and all of the, you know, we're really good at criticizing um, where language models can go wrong and stuff, uh, but like it's brand new technology that uh, it's only going to get better and better, right? So um, so I think eventually we will get to the point where language models can very easily answer pretty much any factual question, um, even about current events, uh, especially language models that are, um, you know, Google says that BARD um, is the power of the language model, plus the breadth of the knowledge of the world, the breadth of the world's knowledge, you know, uh, there's BARD, maybe not BARD itself, but Google soon will be able to answer pretty much any informational query um, with pretty good accuracy, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain, which means that what's left, if you want to rank in search, is to actually be like the, the site or the business that people are seeking out. And I think, you know, some people are crying the death of SEO. I, I think there's two types of SEOs. There are SEOs um, who help businesses get found. And that, like, I'm so excited if that's you, because uh, the world is changing the, you know, it's going to be crazy, all the stuff that's happening, and and those businesses still need to be found. But there's a whole camp of people that um, your only existence in SEO is to create content because of your knowledge of how search engines work, and then profit from that content. And I think for a lot of businesses, that model is like, it's done. Because, um, you know, even if some people still want to seek out your content, a lot of people are going to be happy with an AI generated answer. So, uh, you know, I think I think we're in for a lot of big changes. Um, and but yeah,
2: if you if your business model where niche websites, affiliates, et cetera, that, uh, yeah, indeed, like you're up to a challenge there. But otherwise, if you are doing SEO 100 percent to a real business with a real product that you provide or a real service, et cetera, et cetera, uh, independently of the interface that might change, uh, you still need to be found. And there will be always ways to optimize and maximize visibility. And potentially the bar will get a little bit higher. So the one trick ponies that uh, uh, work today will not work very likely in in those times. So you will need to, what is important is to be strategic, as you will mention, to understand um, how it works, what what actually push the or move the needle in the new interface and how you can help those businesses to, to be found for those queries that actually burn business and, and matter at the end of the day. Something interesting that you also mentioned, Mary, regarding the perspective filter uh, that I, I think it was Glenn Gate that mentioned it over Twitter and I went and double check, is that it seems that the perspective filter is shown on mobile uh, Whenever the search generative experience is not shown by default when, when you are testing mm. the interface, so it's interesting because it seems that Google is let's say segmenting uh, the experience and say okay, this is a type of query where, where it it makes more sense to show real users uh, yes. perspective or or take, and this is the one that we can easily generate the answer from all the information that you know is more is more factual or or yeah, uh, um, information. So one,
1: let's right. Let's go back to this Wired article that I talked about earlier uh, about Gemini that you know we don't really know much about because here we are talking about search as we know it and Gemini the way that they describe it is basically a personal assistant um, that can answer any question and can direct you if you need you know if you're looking for a particular website then it can direct you there probably um, but like I think. The whole idea of websites like we're going to one day talk about this little sliver of history that we lived in with this thing called websites. I, I honestly don't think that they're going to be needed for much more. Um, now I know that's like terrifying for those of us who work on websites, but there's there's such a um, Where where am I trying to go with this that what Dennis Hassabis was saying uh, is that what Google is coming out with next. This is not like, ooh, we had an update, like the helpful content system. This is a whole new product that uh, that Google is coming out with. And he described it as similar, or at least the article described it as similar to ChatGPT, but also with the um, technology that AlphaGo, DeepMind's AlphaGo used to figure out how to beat like the best Go player in the world. Um, and so they're also making it so that it um, is really easy to integrate. They talked about how their APIs are going to be really easy for businesses to use. And so imagine that now, very soon, every business is going to have the same power that AlphaGo had to figure out Go right from the start to figure out the problems in your industry. Like, that's that's huge, right? And so, I, you know, when I read this, I, I, I feel like how can we... Um, how can we still talk about uh, web pages when uh, you know Google has this? And I have this quote in front of me here um, from Larry Page in 2000, the year 2000, where he said, "Artificial intelligence would be the ultimate version of Google." This is the year 2000, so we have the ultimate search engine that would understand everything on the web. It would understand exactly what you wanted, and it would give you the right thing. That's obviously artificial intelligence to be able to answer any question, basically because almost everything's on the web. We're nowhere near doing that now. However, we can get incrementally closer to that. And that's basically what we work on. And that's tremendously interesting from an intellectual standpoint. So Google's whole goal has been to be an AI-based assistant. Um, And uh, so I I don't know what uh, point I'm trying to make here other than to say that I think we'll look back at this conversation we had and go, wow, we had no clue what was coming uh, because uh, I, I think it's gonna be changes beyond what we can comprehend right now.
3: Yeah, I think, I think, you know, in the future we may get to that space. But I think, you know, when we think about things that uh, will tactically matter in the short term, I think we have two key problems that are going to matter to SEOs that we haven't discussed thus far. One, if SGE keeps moving in the direction that it is, where there is some sort of um, you know, something lows and then there's something else that lows after the fact rank tracking is over. Like no one is gonna spend the money that it's gonna take to track millions of keywords and then load something for 20 seconds. Like that's just not gonna happen. So um, content is gonna have a huge problem because if everyone is using these language models that are trained on data prior to 2021, or not even that, like even if they update their models and they start pulling in content from now, like since Chat GPT came out, all of that content is effectively polluted to some degree because everyone is using these language models. And so to that end, we it, it's gonna be a lot more important that you're surfacing the content that is actually valuable or new or from experts and things like that. And I think that's going to be a problem, not just for the language models, but also for search engines. And so I think that information gain is going to be a really important thing for us all to focus on. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, like the in the audience, I'm assuming everyone up here knows, um, it's this idea that like, let's say we've got 10 documents about a subject, okay, which of these documents says something new that the other ones aren't saying. And so being that what all these language models are doing is effectively, you know, rewording what has already been been said more often than not, or pretty much not at all. They're not going to introduce new ideas unless they're using a model like, um, you know, any, any model that's using retrieval augmented generation. So my whole point here is that we're going to have to focus on, you know, getting clients to be the people that actually say new things when a lot of people are going to want to go in the direction of like, Hey, let's just fire up this language model and spit out 500 pieces of content. And I, I don't say any of that to discount what you're saying, Marie. I think it's it's a really interesting series of, of things that are being presented, ideas, and like, you know, it's really us having more of like a futurism discussion when we're talking about all of that. And I'm really interested in what, where all that is going. But I think that there's some tactical things that we're going to need to solve between now and then. And that's still going to involve, you know, web pages.
6: Yeah, to to, to that point, you know, I've been trying to get information gain a part of every single SEO strategy that I do in every client project that I work on, every company that I've been a part of. One example that always comes to mind when I think about this is the query, is identity theft protection worth it? If you search that, you're going to see affiliate players saying, yes, you need it. You need insurance. Yes, you're fucked if you don't have it. Pardon my French. We were the only company that said you might not need it. The truth is you can do all this crap manually. So you don't necessarily need it. The only reason that you need it is if you're lazy and you don't feel like changing all your passwords manually, you don't feel like checking your credit report manually and showing them a side-by-side of things that you can do manually without buying a tool versus how the tool makes your life easier. We were the only company that took that approach, right? So it's easy to just go and copy and try and out machine learn everybody you know, outmuscle them with links. But, you know, when you're up against US news, nerd wallet, progressive, yeah, good luck. Right. And so uh, to Mike's point on information gain that, you know, that's just one example that comes to mind, but we're all going to have to do that if we want to compete.
2: That means that you actually need a, well, potentially a, a real expert, right. And have an opinion, a, a unique opinion on, on that 100%. Yeah. Awesome.
6: And to Mike's that's point, cute. you know, cl- clients don't want to do that. It's very hard to convince a client to say, yeah, we su- we offer this, but don't buy us. That's tough.
0: Let's keep pulling that thread a little bit. Um, I know there's a lot of sites out there that kind of wonder, like, what can we do to start future-proofing um, our sites? Like, what, what can they start doing now in preparation for SGE?
1: I think that anything you can do that demonstrates real-world experience is something to focus on. Um, One of the problems with that is that it's expensive. Uh, You know, I I, uh, recently reviewed a a news website and that was my top piece of advice was, look, you have almost no original reporting, no original insight. You're very good at aggregating and summarizing. uh, But Google wants to reward original reporting. And what they said was, like, the cost of that, their their writers are not trained to uh, to be uh, original reporters. So um, uh, that, you know, for a lot of businesses, that's going to be difficult. But if you can focus on what is it that you could bring. If you took your content and deleted everything that potentially um, is on other websites or could be repeated very easily by a tool like ChatGPT or Bard um, and look at what's left, is it something that is worthy of people visiting? Uh, And so that would be my main focus right now is to see like how can we uh, demonstrate real world experience to try to be rewarded by Google
2: the bar will certainly be higher. And this is something that we need 100% to, to think of. And also the format that you generate this content, right? I believe that we have underestimated a lot video content. One of my main clients right now is, like is a player that really leverages well YouTube as their main channel and pretty much what we do in Google is, is pretty like trying to replicate a little bit of what they have already created over over YouTube right and I, I have been waiting for this time where there is a much let's say natural integration of uh, video results in search and now that we're talking about information gains and easier way to find information that can be integrated better also in SGE, I can see video and, and non-text content being that, right? For visual information, a lot of how-tos that uh, right now we had a position zero that was a one video and that it. Let's let's see how that plays out with the search generative experience, right? Um, but this another, let's say, part of the puzzle, right? Like having real expertise, showing real expertise and how you show that potentially not creating yet another article that has been covered thousands of times already. But our unique take that if you identify that will be much more helpful uh, to a video format to do it in, in in that format right and, and that will will allow you also to a little bit diversify uh channels to gain visibility through through youtube too right uh but yes I, I, I am a firm believer that for example we have underestimated a lot non-text formats uh with lens also we we can see how it has been advancing a lot as a as a input channel let's say or platform but um the output will end up being many, many times also also image or, or, or video at some point. So I, I, I believe that if you ask me, I will be, especially with certain type of clients that have been investing a lot on guides for very obvious queries, um, how-tos and best-of type of, of content to try to push them to move forward beyond that uh, with expert-led content. Uh, video-related content, also for e-commerce clients, a lot of my e-commerce clients um, have invested a lot of improving POPs, I'm going to, hey, let's put a little bit of more work on those PDPs uh, now, because it's obvious for me that a lot of the traffic and visibilities that POPs used to have will shift um, on PDPs, and that in that expert-led content um, that will fulfill informational intent for many of the brands that they represent.
1: If I can add uh, one more thing that I think uh, would be really good to focus on actually two things uh, is whatever changes are happening with Google ads. Uh, I'm not an ads person, but the blog post that Google recently put out about uh, revolutionizing ads with AI is really worth paying attention to. Um, I, I can see it where uh, that's actually a big component of search is um, Google allowing people to, instead of clicking on an ad, I think you'll be engaging with the the uh, content of the website that you're engaged with eventually down the road, um, and so the next thing is to look at what's available through uh, Vertex AI with uh, Google's Vertex AI. Um, start playing around with you have access to uh, several of Google's language models to so the Palm API. There's all sorts of uh, things that can be done, um, and I, I'm surprised that I don't see more uh, businesses talking about it. Um, Mike, you, you, you're you nodding there. Have you played around with the, I mean, obviously you played around with the APIs, right?
3: Yeah, I play around with all the things. Um, I mean, you know, all my thoughts are basically from neilpatel.com. So you can just go there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So as far as like, you know, what we should be doing, I think the first thing is that we should be looking at the queries that you care about in SGE and then see what sort of formats are starting to emerge there. Like, what are you actually seeing nsge like is it actually triggering an ai snapshot is it you know doing the whole big guide thing that it does for e-commerce queries and things like that you should also be doing that generally in the serps right like in regular google or whatever we're going to call it if you're seeing more like um you know the the youtube shorts starting to pop up and things like that those are all things that you should start worrying about like okay this keyword is threatened perhaps i don't want to be here anymore because i don't necessarily Um, you know, have the content to be competitive here anymore. Um, Information game we'd already talked about. I think structured data is a huge thing. And when I say structured data, I'm not just saying like schema markup. You know, I think that uh, one thing that people don't focus on enough is the idea of semantic triples where Google is able to you know, uh, extract information about things from actual sentences. And when they see it across the web over and over, they're like, okay, this is an attribute that hasn't been indicated explicitly in structured data. So the more that you structure your sentences in that way, the more you're giving them that information. And then as we discussed before, the idea of the multidimensional search journey. So thinking of your queries kind of in that pattern that we are already using from the people also ask idea where it's like, okay, well, someone searches for this, and they search for this, and then we search for this. So using that as the mapping for the content that you're going to create moving forward. And, you know, just thinking about it from like a, a personalized way. And I think a lot of this dovetails into you know how Google has improved its understanding of content. There's a few, something they they talked about a couple of years ago was like passage ranking or whatever. And it was something that we all were like, oh, passage ranking is so important. And then we all kind of forgot about it. I think that's still like really important and it's a function of how embeddings work and so on. And so they're able to understand like the, the, the smaller aspects of the page a lot better. So it's not necessarily, we've got to make 500 different pages to, to capture these different topics. just do it really well on one page. And so my last point here is that the the, um, distribution of searches is gonna change dramatically. And I think it's largely a function of like, we have all been trained to use Google in a certain way. Like you don't wanna give something too specific because oftentimes you don't get the result that you want. So you start from these head terms, but with them being better at giving these more specific responses, in response to these longer queries, the head terms, the search volume on head terms is going to get smaller, and then the long tail is going to get longer. And so really, we've all got to rethink our keyword strategies in alignment with that, so that we can, you know, go to where users are going to go as a result of this new user experience.
4: And part of that is also sourcing how you how you understand what to optimize for, right, this whole idea of, optimizing for, I mean, a single keyword has been dead for a long time. Maybe topic is a bit more viable, but uh, what we often forget is that AI goes both ways, right? Uh, AI gives answers in search, but we can also use AI to be more effective. And one part of that is to just source better topics to create content for or pages for from our users, right? So there are many tools out there now that allow you to upload tons of PDFs. as you could just go out there and use... Uh, transcripts from sales calls or customer support calls throw them into a tool and then just query and ask what are the common pinpoints? in fact i have done that with a with a with a customer and we've created some content completely outside of any search terms or better said search terms had zero search volume and lo and behold when we create content for that kind of stuff all of a sudden those pieces of content get a lot of traffic so i think we also we should like also use the opportunity to to throw overboard some of our old kind of methods and workflows and think about what does an AI enable us to do now, right? Another example, lots of these uh, uh, chatbots that everybody has now, those are interactions with customers. And not a lot of people log the questions that customers have and what they first ask for. So uh, we can substantially optimize our experience. I think that websites have become... Most websites have become incredibly boring over the last 10 years. It was barely an innovation. They all look the same. And uh, not enough people are thinking about how can you provide something truly unique, some interactions maybe. Like you can, like one example here is a Vimeo or Descript, right, that allow you to edit video or audio uh, uh, like text. And so they brought that to the landing page where you can try out little features of the product on the landing page itself. And that is a great way to not only get people bought in before they even sign up and increase their excitement about the product, but also to stand out with a unique experience. And I really think that we need to innovate more about what a good web experience actually looks like. And AI actually gives us some great tools for that.
2: I mean, th- we definitely will need to, let's say, re-educate clients, right? It, ha- it has been like quite easy, let's say, especially if we take... <sighs> generic search volume as a, as a reference, right? Uh, for say, okay, it, it has this potential uh, of traffic because it has this average search volume per month, this trend, whatever, whatever. But if, if it is going to become so much more segmented and spread through the long, 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 long tail, um, imagine now having to, let's say, invest on so many different pieces of content rather than a single one. Uh, for which many times it was a, it already required a little bit, a little bit of like good influence right there. Especially like for example, if you work with e-commerce websites to invest on in informational content. Oh my god, how I am going to invest on in content that doesn't bring me money directly, right? Uh, it, it, I I believe that we will see a little bit of this need of elevate a little bit our capacity to um, communicate and and show value. And show the value that is going to be be a little bit, especially at the beginning, much more complex to show on the potential, on on being more strategic on on developing content that requires expertise and unique takes, for example, and that is so spread out and it's not a single long form guy trying to rank for the very popular top of the fun uh, uh, top of the funeral query that everybody wants to rank with, right? And and uh, to send a bunch of backlinks to uh, improve popularity. And pretty much that's it right now. It's it's not going to be so straightforward anymore.
6: Yeah, I, I agree so much with that. You know, like would you rather create demand generation best practices or how to allocate my demand generation spend across paid channels? Th- that's a real problem that demand generation managers have at companies. And a part of this is also going to be about creating some demand. Like SEO has you know, traditionally been a demand capture channel. You find volume, you create content, you rank, you get traffic, you pull it all in. Businesses now got to think a little bit omni-channel, all right? How are we going to create some of this super long-tail content and get it rolling on some of these other channels uh, and use paid and organic marketing strategies together to go reach our target customers? That's the way I see it.
0: Excellent points. And we have seven minutes left, so I want to get it to uh, an audience question. Which also kind of sums up some of these like privacy concerns but chris asked he works in the biomedical industry and their content is pulled from their page and reworded in sge oftentimes incorrectly how should they and others combat this
1: i think that google is aware of the issue um and they've been very quiet about it you know they've said well, you know, the websites are on the side and, you know, maybe just like with featured snippets you know, they took our, our content and then we had a link from it. And sometimes that was beneficial. And sometimes those featured snippets stole all of our, our, uh, our clicks. Um, I, you know, I think we can continue to complain, but I don't know that there's much more we can do beyond that. But then again, uh, it's possible that Google is doing nothing because this is just an experiment. And what we see go live, uh will have a language model in there rather than um, uh, like actually have truly AI generated answers as opposed to stitched together answers. Uh, so I'm not sure what the recourse is. I, I can't see how Google could go live with um, with just blatantly taking content from everybody's website the way they are uh, and, not, uh, and continue that way. I, I don't know.
3: So I, I'm with Marie, like it's not something that we can easily solve overnight, but I think it's an indication or another indication as to why the SEO world needs technical standards. And it's also the sort of thing that if we were to establish that, we could then probably, you know, enforce that in different places. And what I mean by that is, how is it that the biggest search engine is defining what robots.txt is? That makes no sense. Like, why do they get to define it? Like they are crawling the web. We should be, like the web should be saying, here's where robots.txt is, and here's what you need to adhere to as a a, a search engine. And so if we were the ones to define the technical standards, we could say like, oh, robots.txt now has a rule that means you can't use this copy for a large language model or for generating content. And being that we don't have that level of control, Google can do whatever they want.
1: Like, can things be removed from the language model? Like, If something was whatever Google trained it on, I mean we know that ChatGPT was trained up till 2021, right? We don't I don't know if we know when Lambda or or Palm or anything was, was trained up to, but if something's in there, I don't know that you can just remove it.
3: Right. So from the language model itself, no, you can't. But for these results, they're taking, you know, whatever they have in the rankings and they're saying, like, hey, use these these pages to then create this result. And so what we what could be Like the way I'm imagining this is like you have a meta robots that tag dot meta robots tag that says like no generate or something like that, and then it's the sort of thing where it's like okay, well this came up in the rankings, cool, we've got to omit this result for the for the fine tuning Mm. for the answer. So that's what I'm saying. Being that we don't have the ability to define that, we're just like left to whatever Google decides they want to do.
4: And I think it needs to go even further, right? I think there needs to be, and maybe this is something that. Governments of the world have to regulate, but there needs to be transparency about what data sets these models are trained on. It's not just Google that uses the web and, and index and rag to to uh, to serve AI answers. It's also ChatGPT and all these other companies that are working on models. And uh, right, so you could, for example, technically, you could say, okay. Uh, like, you know, in, in robots.txt, you disallow Google from calling your site, but then common crawl crawls your website, and that's then being used to train a certain model, which then uses your your data. So I think that's really one of the few areas where I think we need more regulated transparency so that anybody has a choice to say, I want my data to be used for training or not.
2: And, and at a more, much more granular level. like So for example, as, uh, it was a good example, uh, the one that Mike gave regarding the feature snippet. Right? For example, we, with the max snippet or the no snippet, uh, we can, we can uh, specify and provide rules uh, to Google to prevent uh, them to show uh, them in certain circumstances. right? right? We need totally, and I, and I agree with you, something at a very granular level uh, to be able to select even from a topical standpoint, right? I'm okay with this type of topics, not okay with all the type of topics, things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, it would be it will be great. I have already a client uh, who's very concerned regarding Google using their data. They realize that if if they block it, I mean, there's no 100%, uh, let's say, straightforward way to, do it because they rely on google search anyway so even if they uh block um um through the chat gpt open ai common crawl whatever it won't necessarily affect uh this other scenario and it, it's tricky and um it just we don't have means right now we don't have an answer and yeah it would be great that google is going to go ahead with this new interface new way of searching at least they provide channels and configurations to control uh, that to happen in any case like the, the, um, the type of conversation that I have with uh, this client is like imagine that if you are able and allowed and block this information is Google and other language models not going to be able to get this information in any other way right and this is where uh, the expert based content comes also in hand if you have unique information unique content that is actually so valuable that you can control and can damage the experience of people if you're not able or willing to give it right uh so it's good for talk here but in their case it was like no pretty much they will be able to get the same information elsewhere so it doesn't make any sense for them to try to block it in any case
0: yeah that's a good place to kind of wrap um this hour by really really fast again thank you so much for your time today and I want to give you, everybody, a last, um, some last words. A lady, from you to kick us off with any kind of last words before we give everyone their day back? And then Bernard, and kind of round the horn.
2: Okay, um, I think that uh, we are in this moment that uh, it's, we might be a little bit scared, but it's also very exciting at the same time. Uh, my recommendation will be to keep things strategic. Um, look, Take a look at the SERPs. That is the best advice. I would see generic overall applicable to everything, especially now. Take a look at the SERPs uh, for the most important type of search behavior that you tend to to follow and and to profit from and and act accordingly to what will keep the visibility up and clickability up of your clients or branch results um, and experience. And um, let's, let's be open also to what we can do in many different ways. Maybe, hey, we become creators all of a sudden. or uh it, it can change in so many, so many different ways. And it's certainly exciting. I I believe that in a year, if we repeat this, um it will it will be interesting to see how our takes have changed and how it has everything evolved. Uh maybe half of us we don't call SEOs anymore, but something <laughs> else. I don't know. AI optimizers, I don't know. Let's see how it goes.
5: Yeah, Aleda, you you wrapped it up very nicely i think the the way that i would frame it just for everybody out there is that google has been cannibalizing their ecosystem since the start of search this is just a further cannibalization of what they're already doing you know in the past you would you would have searched weather and you go to like weatherchannel.com now google gives you the widget right now people are searching you know, what are my, like the best shoes for marathons, Google is generating some AI, all of this has been happening, but search has still stayed strong. And so I think that, you know, we, we need to stay on our toes, we need to understand that the medium is changing, and then just be aware that search is still likely to stay around in some way, shape, or form. And we, we just have to evolve to meet where the technology keeps
0: heading You, you going in alphabetical? Words. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I mean great panel. Thanks to everybody for for making it happen. I, I learned a lot just listening to all you guys and um I, I kind of agree with everything that's been said, you know, with Bernard's points, latest points, Mike, Marie, Kevin, you guys all made a lot of compelling points a lot to think about. Um, I don't think SEO is dead. I think, you know, we'll be around and uh, maybe we'll be called AI optimizers. But at the end of the day, um, we're still constant strategists and business strategists and uh, uh, companies need people like us to grow and, and to get results. And so we just gotta level up and stay on top of our game. That's what it comes down to.
4: Yep. Um, I agree. I think, you know, it's it's so hard to say What happens? We don't even have any traffic data. It's not even live in the public. I mean, SGE that is. But uh, I've been thinking a lot about how do you de-risk the future? And one way of de-risking is of building email lists or building ways to reach your customers and potential customers faster without Google being in the way. So I would optimize for three things. I would optimize for email signups, making it super simple for people to stay in touch with you and for you to broadcast to an audience. Number two, I would optimize for direct traffic. So how can you just get more people to visit your site directly and get them into a habit of coming to your site directly? And then number three, how do you optimize your web footprint? How do you optimize, you know, how do you track how often your brand is mentioned and how to you just get on as many sites as possible instead of relying on one search engine, you traffic? Marie, over to you.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to just encourage everyone Um, to be excited and to to try the new stuff that's coming out. I think um, whenever there's a change, we are, it's natural for us to be fearful and it's natural for us to criticize. Um, you know, any new change in, in history uh, caused all sorts of, of criticism. Um, and what we often see is, uh, you know, leaders in our industry or, or, or people, um, you know, we're really good at pointing out the things that uh, these tools can't do and that they're bad at. Uh, but very soon businesses are gonna be clamoring for not critics of, of AI, but for people who actually know what to do with it. And right now that's none of us. <laughs> Uh, and so for me, I'm using ChatGPT to like make recipes. Um, my husband, who is not technically challenged or technically inclined at all, um, uses it for gardening, like how far apart should the peppers be planted and, and stuff like that. Um, and that might sound like, you know, okay, we're using a silly tool. But in doing that, when I want to use it to help me understand the search console keywords and figure out um, which one's actually declined after a Google update, I'm using ChatGPT to do that now. You know, uh, and so we're in the early, early stages of something that's going to be, I think, incredible. Sundar Pichai from Google uh, said that AI technology is going to have more profound changes than electricity or fire. Like that's big, you know. So, um, so I don't think we know what's coming. I would say, play with the tools. Uh, play around with whatever's in Vertex AI. Like I would say, go there now and just explore with it uh, and, and see what like jumps out at you. And then just keep paying attention to what's happening Um, And I I would encourage people to pay attention to the positive stuff, because we're going to hear a lot of negative because especially the media um, is hurt by what's happening. These changes are are very damaging to a lot of the media. And so we're going to hear the negative news. Uh, So I would encourage you all to just um, be trying and, uh, and be excited about what's coming.
3: Yeah, boy, Marie. Definitely stay curious, stay excited. These are really you know interesting times. Like I said, after five, six years of SEO being really boring, so it's a lot of real cool stuff to play with and learn more about. Um, Also, demand more from your tools. You know, we didn't really get a chance to talk about this, but you know, all this stuff is very much built on like the semantic analysis, and all of our SEO tools are still doing lexical analysis. It doesn't really make sense that still like in the stone age on that because Google's been more in the semantic realm for the last like 10 years, right? Um, So demand more from your tools. Um, If you're doing anything with generative AI, you really got to lean into content strategy because, you know, a lot of people just kind of do things left to their own devices. And then you've got all sorts of content problems all across the board. So you really got to get your organization to be like, Here's our content strategy for generative AI. Here's the tools we're going to use. Here's the workflows. Here's the governance models. Otherwise, it's going to make a big mess. And then the other two things that we talked about, structured data, information gain, and uh, yeah,
0: check out AIPRM. That's all I got. Awesome. What a fantastic conversation. Now, before we wrap this up, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe
5: so you don't miss out on more great content from the industry's best SEOs, content marketers, and content strategists. The ClearScope webinar series happens every week and helps SEO content creators of all skill levels advance their knowledge. Hope to see you. Tune in next time.